Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. And welcome to another episode of Teen Flick Movie Night, your favorite teen flick podcast. We're almost at 300 episodes, guys. That's insane. And it's more insane to think about in 300 episodes, this movie that we have referenced so many times as one of the underrated gems. We just have been dragging our feet on it, and I don't know why. So it's finally time for us to sit down and talk about whatever it takes. Now, Scott, I believe this one was your pick. Can you tell us why you finally got around to picking whatever it takes? Because it's springtime, you know, prom's coming up, prom's on my mind, and I just want Brian Ryan to take me to the prom. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was because you wanted some mayhem, baby, in this because, (laughs) man, what a movie. Now, I'll be honest. As I was watching this movie, because it's been a while since I watched it, there was a part of me that was wondering, is this movie actually good or do I just like it because I've watched it like a thousand times? And I'm leaning more towards the latter side of that statement. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go with that, too, because um, it's been a good I mean, this is going to make me sound like a total teen flick 
poser, but I think this, I haven't watched this movie in at least a decade. So it's a lot more misogynistic oh, and, and yeah. inappropriate than I remember. They say the colloquial term for homosexual quite a bit as an insult, and I really, no, I'm not feeling that. I do notice a lot of the movies we've discussed in the past with these teen flicks, there's, there's almost like a way to, you know, not that it's okay, but it's like almost like a thing where like, well, we don't really have to apologize because everyone who says it is a douchebag and they're supposed to be a douchebag. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the monster squad, you know, but that's for a different type of show. Yeah. But it's like, hey, he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, asshole's going to be an asshole. But I will say what makes this movie good, the only foundation for this movie is the characters that don't matter. They're all my entertainment. I oh, do the not stoner give a shit about the is, four. Yeah, characters. the stoner character steals the show for me in every single scene that he's in. So much so that I was like, he's got to have a name. And then I looked in the credits, and now he's just listed as stoner. Stoner number, yeah, stoner guy. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it's still. It might be rose tinted joke to me because it was my favorite part since I was a kid. But just the when he's trying to explain to him, and then Pinkman's just like. Ryan gives pickle to Ashley. Not Ashley gives Ryan a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Aaron Paul, young Aaron Paul, just absolutely killing it in this movie. Like, it's so weird to watch this movie and be like, that guy's going to win a couple Emmys one day. <laughs> but like, I know that he was in Breaking Bad, obviously, but was he also in uh, Alpha Dog? No. That, that was, was Ben Foster, I think. Yeah, who I get those two mixed up costumes. Yeah, that was uh get over it. I got I, I got uh Colin Hanks and Ben Foster confused at one point when I was talking about it on a uh, a different podcast. I was like, Yeah, get over it with um uh you know, it's starring uh, Tom Hanks's kid. I'm like, Well, Tom Hanks's kid is in it. Who is it actually starring? Uh yeah. <laughs> Ben Foster. There we go. This is one of the few movies I remember the trailer to. I do too. Only because the scene where they're trying to download the porn on the on the computer yes. i remember that in the trailer <laughs> i relate it to that scene as like a middle schooler hanging out at his friend's parents house when they were never home his parents were never ever home so it was just four losers in a basement with dial-up internet discovering discovering sex for the first time i gotta tell you guys a story here's an embarrassing fucking story about dial up porn and i it's it, the the picture is burnt into my brain forever like that's it's just one of those things that i'll be on my deathbed and and cringe as i'm fucking dying <laughs> and think about this but so the the way that we had the internet or the computer set up was that there's a uh the, the layout of my parents house is such that there's the kitchen and dining room off of the living room and then there's a hallway that either has stairs that go that has the stairs that either you can take down to the basement, you can go into the guest bedroom, which is like a small, like a small bedroom. I mean, like it actually was previously a guest bedroom, but by the time we were in high school, I think it was just like a sewing room, quote unquote, like a sitting room, and that's where the computer was. And then my parents' bedroom was next to it. I'm sure that I've told you guys enough stories about in junior high playing Warcraft Two on dial-up in that room, hiding from my dad, who's asleep, who would shit his pants if he knew that I was on the phone at 11 p.m. with my buddies playing Warcraft 2. <laughs> but that's not what this story is about. This story is about it was after dinner on a weekday, and, oh, God, it's so embarrassing. Let me just get down to the brass tacks. I was downloading a picture, a pornographic photograph, where this guy's massive schlong is 
I believe in a redhead's anus. Okay. <laughs> and it was like I can still see the wiener. It was bending because he wasn't like fully hard because you know it's porn and that's you know nobody no no dude with a fucking one and a half foot long penis is ever a fully hard and the woman is looking back at the camera and my mom opens the door <laughs> and sees it and it's three quarters of the way oh, uh God. loaded and so you just are b- below the penis above the balls <laughs> and i immediately lose it i'm like i don't know what's happening and it's the worst lie oh, oh god man. i've got one word i don't think anyone has ever heard this story and I reserve the right to decide to cut this from the show (laughs) when editing. So I was in ninth grade, I want to say. So it was still like, you're horny and you don't know what to do with it and you're kind of desperate, right? I'm chatting up a girl that I met on like an AOL chat room, which now at 35, I'm realizing I could have been chatting up a guy. That's very possible. (laughs) I'm glad that you came to that. But there was a promise of a boob picture if I would send a penis picture. So I was definitely talking to a guy. (laughs) We didn't have any digital cameras in our house. What we did have was a scanner. Oh no. So I turned the scanner sideways and (laughs) pressed myself against it and scanned my penis and sent it to this person who didn't send a boob picture in return Leading me to believe that I that there is a man somewhere out there that has a 15 year old Matt Kelly scanned penis picture. <laughs> man, and I remember the, the the first time I ever took a picture of my wiener. There was a Polaroid at, <laughs> at my parents' house, and I remember I took a picture of my erection, and then I was like, "Oh no, what what do I do with this now?" <laughs> <laughs> and I like burnt it. <laughs> All right, so how many times have I watched this movie? I can answer that with this anecdote. I have never listened to a single song from when the Spice Girls went solo, but yet I still know all the words to this opening song by Mel C that plays to start oh, off the that's movie. that's who sings this yeah, opening this song? Was... Because I love that, that stop motion. It was really doing it for yeah, me. Yeah, no, it was good stuff. I think that this is another one of those movies. I won't even put Can't Hardly Wait in this category because Can't Hardly Wait doesn't really show the high school that much. And I also, like, I knew that, like, 10 Things I Hate About You was an unrealistic depiction of high school. But, like, as a middle schooler, I'm like, yeah, this seems accurate. (laughs) It totally (laughs) set such unrealistic expectations for what high school was going to be just before I started. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. is the, The most unrealistic part of this movie is... Jodie Lynn O'Keefe's character because she has no sort of like consistency. No, for, she seems so likable in the start, and then she's just a total monster. But like, but then she's fine later. Yeah, and then she's a total asshole again. And when she's mad at Brian Ryan, she's like totally like, oh, oh, you know, like harumph. Yeah. But then immediately gets over and is like, well, I guess we're gonna go fuck in the hotel room. I don't get it. Yeah. No, it doesn't uh. make any sense. And like the thing that sticks out to me is like, yes, you could argue that like that's showing that her character is like two faced or that like not everything is what you think it's going to be or or whatever, like whatever the excuses that you want to use. But like the reality is like the consist if you're if you're depicting a bitchy popular character who's two faced, right, then you have to have that consistency, at least with characters that aren't her friends. So like when the stoner kids 
falls on the skateboard. She's like, oh, let me help you up. You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, yeah. very friendly. But then is, like, a total jerk to the girl, the waitress girl. And it's like, no, she would either be a jerk to both the stoner guy and the waitress girl, or she would be nice to the waitress girl and then mean about her behind her back. But, like, she's definitely being a jerk to that waitress the whole time. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I don't get me wrong. This movie is still a straight nostalgia trip, straight into my veins. And it's a quick bit. Like, it moves. Like, this is not, like, they definitely trim this movie to the bare essentials. There's not a lot of scenes <laughs> where you're like, well, that doesn't make sense to be here. But it also is, it it, it works. It really works. And I, I got to tell you guys, another story. I spent the summer of 2000 absolutely obsessed with Marla Sokoloff. She's so great in this movie still. Oh, she's she's great and she's beautiful. And obviously I have a very specific type, uh, you know, pale skin girls with dark hair and blue eyes. It's just always been my thing. And I am so lucky that I was able to find one that has put up with me for 12 years. But anyway, as an adult watching this, Jodie Lynn O'Keefe really deserved like her role as hot girl because she's like mind-blowingly attractive as well but in in the 90s or in the yeah like 90s and early 2000s i was like oh she's such a bitch you know like i was always like she's so she's such a mean girl and i i was always like she's too pretty she seems fake and plastic but like she's just a legitimately beautiful person i mean the thing you know and she deserves so and she's also really funny in everything she's done and she deserved like way more work than i think she actually no i agree with that we did get a chance to discuss for last week on she's all that which by far the best her because she gets to date Matthew Lillard, which is one of the greatest dancing <laughs> Rick James. I still can't stop thinking about. <laughs> yeah, that might be like I was not sold on Brian's actually the one that sold me on She's All That. Like I saw She's that All scene. That in theater and I rented it like maybe once or twice, but I was always like, ah, eh, that's one of the lesser teen flicks. That movie was massive. How is that like a lesser teen to, flick? No, to me, like of like the ones I would want to watch. Like it was like one oh, of my okay. least favorites. And then Brian was like, Don't you remember the Rick James part? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he played me that scene and I was like, All right, I need to rewatch She's All That because that's amazing. I know all the moves. And anyone that that is in our Patreon for a hundred dollars or more, uh, I will send a video of. <laughs> of this is exactly like that guy that Matt sent his penis to. Yeah. He's not gonna. You're gonna get the money, and you're not going to respond. Not now, babe. They're playing my song. <laughs> you gotta know that that next door neighbor, huge crush for Matt Kelly. I mean, a girl who's into eels. Beastie Boys, J.D. Salinger, Salome. That's but that's the thing is that she, she's not a real person. You know, like, it's, it's what's so funny about what I love about her is that she's so grounded as an actor that she does a great job of making you fall in love with her. Yeah. Right? Like Maggie Carter. But the characterization is incredibly unrealistic, you know? Scott, you got – this is why Scott is – is so stressed out you know it's like between like arguing with his grandparents about politics or 90s characters and movies with matt like they're set in their ways you can't convince them it's not real <laughs> uh, <laughs> matt is so, waiting for that girl and she is real in matt's mind <laughs> uh, i mean you're talking to the guy who watched this movie and walked away from it being like in high school i want to be aaron paul's character <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, Make sure you rough me up good in front of the hotties. <laughs> well, at least, at least Aaron Paul fit. Like, that's the thing. It's like all the side. Obviously, the popular ones fit. But it's like, 
they had to throw an accordion at that guy because he is he's a good looking guy he's gorgeous it doesn't matter like they're not gonna be like nerd look at this nerd (laughs) (laughs) well i don't uh, well here's the thing is that he can act his way out of a box and so like he doesn't emote at all like shane shane west yeah yeah, yeah, Shane West. All I can think about is him in League of Extraordinary. So here's the right? thing: I want so to stop you terrible. right there about Shane West because here's how bad of an actor Shane West is. <laughs> Shane West plays a British character in Get Over It, and while watching this movie, I was like, "Is he actually British? Because this is the worst American accent I've ever heard." But no, he's born in America. He just can't act. <laughs> like, <it's- laughs> You know, like, if he set the bar that low for teen flicks, I feel like we could absolutely be in a teen flick in our 30s. You know, we're probably going to be, like, the Virgil Doolittle or, you know, like, <laughs> my hair is falling out. I, I, I got no no game here. So <laughs> I, I think that we could easily make it happen where we do a teen flick, where we are the uh, uncool people, but we could still be in a teen flick. Yeah. 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 I'm I, I mean, wish Pen15 didn't beat us to the idea, but that would have yeah. been great <laughs> if we just hired actual teenagers, but then the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is that I don't think men could have done it. Yeah. Oh, it'd be like, so much creepier Pen15 with men. Pen15 <laughs> is like is creepy and uncomfortable, but also massively successful due to the fact that it's kind of showing you stuff that you didn't see as a boy in that time. And then you watch it like, I don't know about you, Brian, but like I watched it with Megan and like maybe Jay's a little, you guys might be a little younger than what the actual like, because I believe that the women on Pen15 are a year younger than Megan or or the same age. And so all the beats hit like they're they're perfect for her. And and this is shit that I didn't know girls did back in the 90s when they were in junior high and stuff. And so I was like, you know, this is. This is so like out there and weird. And she's like, it's perfect. It's spot yeah. on. But if it was a, if it was dudes, it'd be like us going to the truck stop and finding a black plastic bag full of penthouse and then like ripping it apart and sharing it with your 10 <laughs> friends at school. It would just be about masturbation. It would be about eating fucking Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew, watching movies, trying to catch a boob so you could masturbate to it and literally like eating pizza. Yeah. Yeah, actually, now that I think about that it, that really like, just summed it all up for me. <laughs> yeah. wow. So I got, I got a pitch. Not, not Universal, <laughs> yeah. Universal. I got a pitch for a great movie. Okay, it's us. We're all in our thirties, and for an hour and a half straight, we're just going to masturbate and say, "I'm a thirteen-year-old boy." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but there is a market out there for that in Hollywood talking about us being 30 playing high schoolers which is something that would only work in a parody film when Ashley Grant first shows up to school and it's all the slow motions people being like oh hi Ashley like that feels like it's out of a parody film like it does not feel I don't know how that got past the first edit where they're like, I don't know about this scene. Because they loved it. Because the studio execs were all in their forties and they were like, This is perfect. I can't watch this movie and not think about or not another teen movie because you're right. It's it's so much a it's basically a beyond what we're used to on this show and it's now a pastiche of what we're about on this show. And that's what makes it great and memorable, but also really hard to swallow as an adult yeah there are things in this movie that happen that are very relatable to me um specifically there's a scene early on where they're in an assembly and ashley grant turns around 
and she starts talking. Oh, God. You think that she's talking to Brian Ryan, but she's talking to J- James Franco that's sitting behind her. Hey, <laughs> I'm James Franco. That happened to uh, my roommate, Shrop. I was there and watched it happen. We were at a diner, and he was standing there, and like we were just standing there waiting to get seated. And then there was this girl that just turned around, looked at Shrop dead in the eye, but her friend was directly behind Shrop, and she just goes, hey, do you want to go to the bathroom with me? And Shrop goes, uh, <laughs> sure. And then the girl walked out from behind Shrop. Like, question. I've never had to experience this, but I see it in a lot of 90s teen flicks. Did you ever have to shower in school publicly among other Fuck students? no. Like, and that's where my suspension of disbelief breaks completely, is any shower scene in a high school, because no girl, I mean, beyond, like, the fact that you're, I mean, like, maybe after practice, but not after a fucking gym class. Like, yeah. Gym class. Uh, I mean, who's even taking gym class as a senior in high school? No one. That was one of our only required senior classes, actually, at our high school. Gym? Was you were required to take four years of gym and four years of English, and everything else was up to you, uh, senior year. That explains a lot about Brian. <laughs> anyway, the suspension of disbelief breaks when Ashley Grant washes her hair there's no fucking way that she would wash her hair in a school shower and then have to re-blow dry it yeah and style it there's no way never yeah i mean i should uh, you guys didn't shower in middle school no after, after i mean swimming? after track and after basketball practice even after swimming were... i kept the the bathing suit on and just did a quick like psh, sprayed myself down and dried off this is also Matt Kelly, the one who wore a, a shirt in the pool, right? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. Holy shit. Are uh, you serious? I'm, I'm very self-conscious about this sexy bod. Uh, but we've been at cons, and we've uh, you weren't wearing a shirt. Oh, no. Now I'm more confident, but, but teenage <laughs> Matt? Oh, yeah. No, I was like, oh, I'm so pasty, and I've got a belly. Have you guys ever seen that? picture from the 90s where there are these girls in bikinis that are waiting in line at like a snack stand and there's a guy behind him who's in shorts and he's got a very obvious erection no, no. was that a doritos ad so... <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's like just some candy picture from like a, a a public pool or something and it flashes in my brain constantly because the fear of a public erection even in my 30s is omnipresent (laughs) all right so can we talk about one of the just sweetest songs to ever be played on the accordion modern english's i melt with you such a bummer that this band didn't have a second hit otherwise i could include them on my other show two hit wonders so let down because i love this song this song has always been a, a good song to me but i think i actually first fell in love with it because of hearing it on the accordion and whatever it takes. So much so that Brian and I had an accordion and I watched the movie to try to learn it on the accordion. And I got the first couple notes. I also got wow, the first you... couple notes. <laughs> yeah. was, was, wait, so are you telling me that Shane West can't act but he can play accordion? It's actually uh, not that hard. It's not a very hard <laughs> song. <laughs> He's hitting one note at a time versus okay. like when you someone who actually knows how to play accordions like playing piano chords. Yeah, yeah, there's that. So... The, the famous Maggie Carter soul quiz. So we know that Matt would ace it. Oh, yeah. Brian, would you ace it? Or would you want to ace it? Or would you be like, Maggie Carter, oh, look at the, the, the glasses and the overalls. I don't know if I would ace it. 
And I don't know if I'd want to ace it because I never want it to be contained. So I've never been the guy that's like, I've never been the guy that's like, let me, let me try to be who this person wants me to be. But I have been the guy that's like, let's hide me for as long as I can. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I, I, you know, Jade loves me for everything that I am, but 100% if like our first date, she got 100% Brian Kelly, we would not be married today. You got, you know, you know what I mean? You got to kind of ease them into it. Let out a toot here or there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, did I ever tell you when Megan and I first started dating that uh, once she started sleeping over, I would have to go into the living room when we were laying in bed to fart into the cushion so that you wouldn't hear me fart? <laughs> Those days are gone. But that was the beginning of the relationship. So I feel what Brian is saying here. Every legitimate relationship I've had, I've farted the first time the same way. And every single time. And it has been, they spent the night. And I was getting ready and it slipped out as I was putting my pants on every time. So we got a bunch of quotes that we we still have to mention here. And then we can get on to our double features, okay? So I'm just going to rapid fire them. These are the ones that are in regular rotation in this household. Fingers suck good, vomit shower bad. Mm -hmm. So much vomit, side note, in that vomit shower. I, I, I love the part where he's like, He's trying to win the 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 shirt, and the guy he's like, "Dude, help me out! I've got puke on my shirt." And he's like, "So and he's got <laughs> the number one." Uh, well, let's let's do the number one and then the number two quotes of this movie, like the ones that get the most rotation in this house. Is I like to come here from time to time and visit with the sickly and old. <laughs> Megan says that more than I do, but then the thing is that do you guys ever? Um, do you know those those chemical peels for your feet? That oh, like yeah. they're they're I think they're Korean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we Megan got me some of those uh, for Christmas and I had forgotten about it. I was like, oh hey, let's do those feet peels. And she's like, okay, we did them. As they're starting to get disgusting, I'm like, oh, I gotta watch whatever it takes. And so the part where he goes, damn, what happened to your feet? <laughs> all like I could just all I was thinking about was my feet. And then when I saw Megan's feet that day and hers were falling off, I just quoted it, and it was like there will never be a more appropriate time to quote that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys a very very repulsive story. <laughs> okay, so oh, nothing God. new from Brian. No, this is uh, <laughs> this is probably is this is disgusting. Now that and I and it wasn't disgusting at the time. So as we all know, I used to do a lot of drugs, mm-hmm. um, and I used to snort a lot of pills. And you know, sometimes breaking up in a dollar bill doesn't work well. So like you use like a hose, the hose ring to to scrape it off. And the one day I had my pills, I was upstairs, and I was like, I don't, I only have a straw. I don't have a dollar bill. And my dad had a petty egg, which he used to scrape the dry dead skin oh, off of his feet oh god and without I actually thinking, <laughs> like felt i felt the the gag reflex as you oh without god, thinking or even so washing it out <laughs> i scraped my pill into it and then snorted the line which had to have at least 20 percent of my dad's dead skin in it. that's the most horrible thing i've ever heard <laughs> guys i've talked about this before Many times, how I never wanted to do drugs because I watched Train Spotting at a young age. If anybody hasn't watched Train Spotting or was not affected by Train Spotting at a young age to keep them from doing drugs, this story right here, yeah. this is why you don't do drugs. Well, Brian, wasn't one of your re- I, I feel like I remember this vaguely that like, like the first time you like went to counseling for your drug stuff, 
they were basically just like, watch Train Spotting, watch no, Requiem was, for a Dream. It was Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> Looking back and and working in the field, I was yeah, like, I feel what like an that, awful I feel like that therapist. Has, yeah, it's yeah. like, man, that movie makes me really depressed. Let me do some drugs to feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she made me watch like 21. One like Las Vegas movie about a blackjack player. I think uh, Kevin Spacey was in it. I didn't get the reference. But... <laughs> Maybe she was just recommending movies for next time. Yeah. She just wanted to talk to you. Hey, yeah. I just want to know your thoughts. Yeah. It's like, I need you to watch Jaws. Why? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm There's a film buff. There somewhere. Yeah, what, what movies do you like? Boondock Saints. Oh, boy. All right, let's not worry about the drugs here. <laughs> here's, a, here's a list of films to watch. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Let's talk some double features. Like, you know, you're walking into the blockbuster with your friends. You're grabbing whatever it takes. What other movie are you grabbing? Well, since I picked it, I'm going to go with a little something weird. Now, this may seem like... You know, for the purists out there who who think that every double feature should be same genre, you know, I'm sorry, I got to buck the trend. I know usually we stick to that, but for for this week and this week only, I got to say, I'm going to go with a horror movie because that's not like you at all. I know, I know. I, I, I hate horror movies. I, they, they make me so uncomfortable. I remember this movie being pretty bloodless and pretty fun. And I liked it because it was basically like the horror version of Mean Girls. And it's because they go through the, the cafeteria and they talk about each one of the, uh, the clicks. And oh, I feel like yeah. that could have been perfect for a double feature with whatever it takes because also – I think that the blue ribbons do have whatever it takes. So I'm going to go with disturbing behavior as my double feature, but I'm going to do it first and then finish it with finish night with whatever it takes so I don't have any nightmares. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that that choice is both wrong, bad, wrong, bad, wrong, bad. <laughs> For me, you know what? I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit because you know 
that I love me some Christmas. So I'm going to pick up a copy, maybe not for me and my friends to watch because they wouldn't want to watch a black and white movie, but I'm going to watch It's a Wonderful Life because this movie was shot at the same high school that they used for It's a Wonderful Life because both movies feature the gym floor that opens up into a pool where everybody falls into the water sequence in both movies. So uh, I'm going to really? go with that. Very interesting. I feel like you could do two things. One, I feel like you could use the It's a Beautiful Life to get back to the 90s teen flick stuff and do and listen to It's a Wonderful Night. Oh, oh, da, 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 right? I mean, that, it's a beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Life. Uh, uh, yeah, I like it. I dig it. I'm yeah. going to go ahead. And, and the second thing is, is that, you know, Brian and I know how much you love Christmas. Yeah. And I mean, well, obviously Brian does because he's your brother. But I mean, I've, I've learned so much about you in all these times that we've discussed teen flicks i feel like you should have a podcast about christmas time i, I mean just like do do why don't you do one for every day of the year like you could call it uh all year round christmas i think that's a, yeah i let me look and make sure that that name's not taken while brian tells us his double feature yeah but i just okay. feel like it'd be too similar to your current podcast arms this day 365 that is true that is true i that is the only holiday that I love as much as Christmas. So a little fun fact about me as a as a young whippersnapper, I could not tell people apart. Uh, I had a I had a huge problem differentiating different actors and actresses. I'm being dead serious. I was like 16 when I realized that Tim Meadows and Don Cheadle weren't the same person. So as a 12 year old, you knew Don Cheadle as as a 16 year old. Yeah, he loved him in Ladies Man. No, it was uh, it was the Adam, it was the Adam Sand- it was the Adam Sandler movie where he was the night where his family died nine eleven. Can't think of what it was called. Oh, Rain Over Me. Rain Over Me. You thought that Rain Over Me was Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows taking yeah. a real dramatic? Turn. <laughs> no, I was like, this guy's good. So, so with that mindset, twelve year old me would be like, "Man, Maggie is awesome. Let's watch another great movie. Maggie's in Mallrats." Because I used to think that she was Shannon Doherty, also. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week on Teen Flick Movie Night. The the fun doesn't have to stop here. You can go over to the Patreon. Hit up the Patreon. We're going to be talking about, much like this movie, how all of the other teen flicks, like all the other teen flicks from the 90s that were very underrated, kind of forgotten. Now, I know it's a little weird, but we couldn't get our normal URL. So for some reason, Patreon gave us the URL of patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. But check that out to listen to that Patreon episode. Happy movie night. Happy movie night. listening to the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. 
covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.